Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You on a uh, another Thursday night. I'm back off vacation, as you can see, but uh, I'm not back off of leave yet. I start back at work next week, so... Hence the facial hair, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. I got about mm, mm, around 11 months or so. Actually, yeah, right about uh, yeah, under 11 months now, and uh, I'll be able to grow my facial hair, and I'll be re- retired and moving up north. So I welcome you back. Um, it's only been a week, but it feels like a bunch of weeks. We had a really nice vacation. A uh, lot of long days, uh, but uh, got to spend um, a good vacation with the Clarks in Florida. So uh, really thankful for that. So Sister Cherie is on here. Good to see you on Facebook. My wife said uh, the audio is sounding good, so that's good. Um, I always make sure at the beginning I have the audio recorder going, which I do. Always good to see. And YouTube and Facebook are both up. My mom is on uh, uh, brother Ken is on over there on YouTube as well. I see him just uh, rogering up. Good to see you, brother. On May the fourth, twenty twenty three, we're back into it. I'm going to get started pretty much right away. Last time I covered a portion of um, or read all the way through chapter eight. It's kind of like just a, a preview of what we're going to be doing this week. So. Uh, mom's talking about getting everything done here before dad's surgery, which is on May the 8th. Okay. So my dad's surgery, that's right. is going to be on May the 8th. Uh, he's having his shoulder finally worked on surgery wise to get that repaired. So please be praying for that. And as you log in here, um, just really quickly, would you pray that, uh, Lord's will will be done there and that he would, uh, get some sort of physical relief. Lord willing. All right. <clears throat> Pull up my cup here, my handy-dandy cup. I think everything is going uh, pretty well so far with the Internet, so praise the Lord for that as well. And let's go ahead and get started and turn over your Bibles. We'll get back into it. Revelation chapter 8. We just had the seven sealed judgments that we talked about, and um, of course the seventh seal is talked about here in, in chapter 8, but then it gets into what's known as the, the trumpet judgments. There's a little bit of pause, um, and there's like a prelude, I don't want to say a prelude, but there's like a, a, a subsection, and you'll see that all throughout the book of Revelation, you'll, they'll be, it'll be discussing something, and then it'll have like some sort of like behind the scenes, so to speak, something's happening over here, and then you'll see something where it'll go back in. Um, on the timeline and notice I don't put a timeline up or anything like that. I'm not trying to like say exactly when these, uh, some of these things take place. Um, you can go back into, uh, Daniel's prophecy, 
uh, and uh, other things to kind of get a, a general sense about when things kind of take place in this 70th week of Daniel, uh, roughly speaking. you know, uh, The Bible even says if the days weren't shortened, um, that uh, no flesh would survive during this time frame. So uh, there's some thoughts and theories about that as well. But um, getting into back into it, though, that, I just want to let you know that that's what it's talking about. Uh, this isn't necessarily happening in a chronological order. As far as um, we know, at the as the trumpet, you know, as this uh, seal, the last seal is open, then these seven trumpets come about. You can kind of get that kind of idea. But as far as like when it takes place on the on the timeline and what you know, the Book of Revelation, as far as being on a chronological timeline, it it does jump back and forth sometimes, and we'll see that. But uh, we'll cover. We'll try to cover uh, chapters eight, nine, uh, ten, and eleven. very quickly tonight, uh, just to get the uh, talk about the seven trumpet judgments that we're going to speak about tonight. Um, I just wanted to make that very clear that it'll it'll kind of deviate for a, a few moments, though. Brother Ken's praying for strength and relief. Thank you, Brother Ken, for that. Hi, Sister Cherie, over there on Facebook. Okay, so let's get right ahead and started. Um, I know sometimes on, on a week back, um, there's not a whole lot of people that sometimes, uh, you know, are you know, that log back in. So uh, sometimes after a couple uh, weeks off or something like that, normally the, the the live group is a little bit down, so to speak. But, hey, there's more than two or three of us around here, so um, everybody will get uh, something tonight, I pray. All right, Revelation chapter 8. Again, we talked about this last time when he opened up the seventh seal. There was a silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So again, the seventh seal opens up these seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. If you look at the, the tabernacle that Moses built in, in the wilderness, um, there's the censer, this, uh, these, these prayer, this incense that goes up. And uh, many times the Bible alludes to that as being the prayers of the saints, including in the book of Revelation here. So uh, that's what that is. <clears throat> Verse 5, And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there was voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. I find this kind of fascinating, too. You look at Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, some of these coals that are on the altar and, uh, you know, it, this is placed upon. I believe it's on Isaiah's tongue. Uh, somebody correct me in the comments later on if I'm if I'm mistaken on that. But I'm pretty sure it places it on his tongue because um, he says, "Woe is me! I, I'm undone. I've seen." You know, he sees God. He sees Jesus Christ on on the throne there in Isaiah chapter six, and uh, he thinks rightfully so that he's in a lot of trouble. And the and the angel takes this uh, coal and and places it on his on his uh, tongue, I believe, on his lips. And uh, he he's he basically gives him assurance. He's like, "You're okay, okay." Uh, so, but this is really interesting that this uh, fire on this altar it's cast down into the earth, and there was voices and and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. A lot of just wild stuff going on here. And the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees we talked about this. Remember last time was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. That's Quite a bit of green greenery and trees burnt up. And the sec- second angel sounded, so again, this is the second trumpet. 
and as it were a great mountain burning with fire. So again, this is using similar, uh, similar to type language. It's just saying, it, you know, John is saying this is like unto a mountain. Doesn't necessarily means it's a mountain, but he says as it were a great mountain burning with fire. So a big rock. Maybe this is as we talked about last time, an asteroid, meteorite, a big meteorite. Who knows? But it's burning with fire. Was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. And a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. Goodness. And the third angel sounded, so here's the third trumpet. And there fell a great star from heaven. Once again, what this could be, some have speculated uh, nuclear weapons. Some have said, you know, an asteroid, of course. But the third angel sounds, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. Again, as it were is similitude. It's not it's not a lamp. It's being a literal lamp that's being cast down. But he says, as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, so the wells and everything. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter or poisonous. Uh, that's why some speculate it's nuclear uh, in some sort of uh, way. But anything that comes from space you know, that would be radiologically charged, I guess, would also be that. So who knows? We just know that a lot of the rivers here, a third part of the rivers of the world became wormwood, so poisonous. Some fascinating, fascinating, awful stuff going on. So here's the fourth one. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten. That's not good. So if you know anything about... Uh, uh, things in the atmosphere, so the sunspots and the, and the different things uh, affect electronics. Like if there was solar activity going on right now, big time solar activity, uh, there would not be uh, me broadcasting tonight. Uh, there would be a lot of things happening. Um, people want to even create because of uh, EMF, uh, EMP type stuff like electrical magnetic pulses from nuclear kind of stuff. That that could affect all this radio, you know, you know, all the electronics and everything like that. That's why they build what's called Faraday cages, and to protect electronics. But uh, it seems like here, the sun again is having something happening to it. Of course, this is God's judgment. He's he's causing this to happen. But a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars. So as the third part of them were were was darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. So there's a lot of supernatural things that are going on during this time frame where you could not sit there and look at it and be like, mm, you know, this is a natural occurrence. And so that, it, what's fascinating is we'll read on through here. It's like, well, why don't people, you know, understand that this is God and repent and, and all these other kinds of things and understand that they, you know, whatever. Well, he sends a strong delusion, they'll believe a lie. But I think that's only for, you know, how come uh, a few people that they know or, you know, some people in pockets around the world, you know, this remnant is caught up, uh, which is the capturing of the body of Christ. Uh, some people call it the rapture. Well, I believe that's where the strong delusion is going to come in. They're going to be, you know, talking about something. People will be like, oh, okay. And then after a while, though, they can't deny that God is doing it. In fact, the Bible talks about it in the book of Revelation that they know it's God. They curse God. They, you know, they, they still, in the wickedness of their heart, curse him. And they know who's doing it. Wow. 
so just uh, fascinating things here, but the, this supernatural things that are going on to where the, the third part of a day is darkened. And I beheld, verse 13, and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. So as incredible as this is so far, these four trumpets that have, that have sounded and these judgments that have come upon the earth, and this angel comes in and says, Woe. This is like warning to like, whoa, whoa. Three times he says it. it it's, it's impending doom that these other three judgments that are about to be cast upon the earth. Let's look at that now in, verse no, in chapter 9, verse number 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. Again, here it is. And to him, though, this star seems not be a... Um, this seems to be, I would say, an angelic being of some sort. I don't know. Maybe it's a fallen angel. There's many speculations about this as well. But it says, and to him, so it's a, it's a, it's a being, was given the key of the bottomless pit. Now, this bottomless pit will come into play later on. Uh, you know, Satan is bound and cast into this bottomless pit for a thousand years. He's, you know, in chains. But there was a key given to this angel or whatever it is, I believe, you know, as it's talked about, the star fall from heaven under the, unto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Maybe this is Satan himself. I don't know. You know, Satan does have, I don't know if it's like you would say it was access, but you remember in the account of Job that, you know, that the, uh, that the Satan went before God and said, look at your, your servant Job here. It seems like there's some sort of audience that God allows I don't know if that's absolutely in heaven. If I, I don't know how all that works. I don't know. But I do know that somehow or another, that eventually that's going to be done away with. There's some fantastic things that it talks about in the book of Revelation, talking about how there's a war in heaven. And, you know, all these people, are angels are cast out and so forth and so on. Like Satan, he's overcome. And, and, and I th maybe this is what it's talking about. We'll, we'll see later on as it gives the account of that. Maybe we can make a little bit, draw a little bit more of a confirmation. But again, it doesn't specifically say who this is. So in the long run, you know, all we can do is speculate. But this person, this, this him, this, this being is given a key to the bottomless pit. Verse number two, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, <clears throat> some people speculate this is, this is the center of the earth. Uh, this is where they believe that, you know, hell overlarged uh, its boundaries. This is where, you know, uh, Abraham's bosom was separated by this great gulf. And you think about the rich man and Lazarus. And then when Jesus died and shed his blood for the remission of sins, that one payment, he went and led captivity captive. The, uh, the, the, uh, I believe it's in Romans it talks about. I might be mistaken on that. But the, the point is, is that, that this is emptied out. Abraham's bosom's emptied out. I believe those souls go to the what's called under the altar in heaven. But the, the, the center of the earth, this, this hell, this place where people go, this holding place uh, where the where the rich man still is, where people go, and at the end of uh, 
all things, when God has this great white throne judgment, he says death and hell are cast into the lake of fire, which seems to be some other different location prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, but this bottomless pit, I believe, is hell. The smoke that ascends out of there and the, and the torment and everything like that. But you see the smoke of the pit. And look what comes out of it. Uh, verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locust upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree. Remember those things that were already affected, at least a third of them but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, I have to tell you, there's only 144,000 that are specific at this time, as far as I can tell, that are sealed in their forehead. And that is the 12,000 from the 12 tribes, 144,000 as we discussed last time. Everybody else is affected by these locusts or whatever John is seeing. Let's put it that way. So if that's the case, even those that I maybe aren't taking the mark, I don't believe that everybody's sealed with the seal of God in their forehead during this time. Now, as we go and study further, or somebody wants to bring up something that people are sealed with the seal of God in their forehead, um, everybody, including the 144,000, I'd like to see that. I, maybe I've missed that or overlooked that, uh, that I can think of right now but I don't think there's a sealing of the Holy Spirit or the seal of God on everybody during this time frame. I believe that's only specifically for 144,000. What that means is, is that as you think of the plagues that were happening during um, you know, the, the, the great exodus, there were some things that still affected everybody, including the death angel. Now, some things in the land of Goshen didn't get affected, right? Uh, and only the Egyptians. But when the blood was put over the, the doorpost, the ceiling over the doorpost uh, of the blood, the death angel passed over those houses. But anybody that didn't, even in the land of Goshen, if they didn't follow what God said to do, they were affected too and killed. Um, maybe that's the same kind of concept here, that specific things affect specific people, but I think that this is only those messengers, I think. Again, biblically, I haven't been seen, I haven't been able, I've studied a lot, but again, I could have missed it, that there's only 144,000 that are, that are sealed. But anyways, the point is, is that they are tormented and given unto them that they should not kill them. And to them it was given that they should not kill them. See, again, they're not killed. Here's what happens. But they that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. These creatures that come out of there are stinging people. Um, and this is not, I think I've maybe heard about this portion right here that these are helicopters stinging people. Well, when helicopters fire missiles, yes, they can sting you, but more often than not, they kill you. You know, three-and-a-half-inch rockets do a lot of damage. So I don't think this is talking about helicopters. I think these are actual beasts some sort of entity that we've never seen before that come out of this, this bottomless pit and do all sorts of stuff. And look at verse 6, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. So apparently these, these, these bugs, I don't know what else to, to call them, are stinging 
these insects, these these creatures that are coming out of this bottomless pit. Just incredible stuff. But look, at it, keep going. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were it as were crowns of like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. As, you know, he's it's similitude. This is just some, you know, he's giving a rough guess of what he, he thinks that they look like. But these are still creatures that I haven't seen on, that been discovered in the deepest, darkest, remotest places in the world. These come out of the bottomless pit. Wow. Verse 8, and they had of the hair, uh, they had it, excuse me, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. Goodness. And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle, ferocious, sounding, and looking things. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, there's a very famous book <laughs> written by a couple authors that I'll remain nameless at this time that's called Apollyon, and I've read it. Um, a lot of disagreements with that series of books. I'm sure you, you, you know which ones I'm talking about, um, but... There's where they get that that name, Apollyon. But this is this angel, this king over them, this this uh, the which is the angel of this bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Again, this could be Satan. A lot of good, uh, I would say, indicators that it is a star that falls from heaven and so forth and so on. But we don't know. Verse twelve: One woe is past, so there's two more to go, and behold, there come. Two more woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the six angels, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. I have crossed this river. I've been around this river in Iraq. And, uh, you know, some people have a lot of, you know, is this the same Euphrates that is there now? I believe it is. I believe this whole area is going to be biblically important during that time frame, that whole Middle East portion. But this Euphrates River, these four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Now, what does this mean? I think it's exactly that, that there's some sort of angels. Now, a lot of people have trouble with this because, you know, they have this this idea that, well, man, these things are just, it, it can't be so. But I say to you that the world is being already prepared for superhuman beings, so to speak, that are able to do mighty things that we can't even, boggles our mind. Um, you know, there's superhero movies every five minutes that come out. There's, there's all these sorts of different science fiction things that come out and all these other kinds of things. And these four angels seem to have a lot of this power here that come out of this river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed Verse 15, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. A third part. A third of all men. Wow. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. And I heard the number of them. My goodness, that's a lot. 
And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was a third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. Sounds like a super villain to me. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, repented not, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. After all this, repentance is not happening. Nobody's changing their mind. They are doubling down. And you say to me, how can this things be? <laughs> how in the world can people, after seeing these things, it's because of the hardness of the heart. Again, think back to the Exodus Think about the, the, uh, the Egyptians. Think about the Pharaoh. What does the Bible say? It says Pharaoh hardened his heart. But then later on it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So in the book of Romans, it talks about, and uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 1, it talks about God turns him over to a reprobate mind, which is a reprobate means unable to change. I mean, it's, it's, they're set. God can do that. Do we know when somebody in today's day is turned over to a reprobate mind, they're reprobate, they're, they're gone? No, we don't know. Because it's not, you know, by a specific action that they're doing that that's what turns them to a reprobate mind. It's when God turns them over to a reprobate mind. It seems like in this that they don't want to repent of it, even after all these fantastic, and by fantastic, I mean just awful, awesome things that are happening. Chapter 10, and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven. You would think they would repent. They don't. Clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, it was about, I was about to write. Now, this is a fascinating portion here. <laughs> All the things that John has been allowed to write so far. What is this all about? Look at this. I was about to write, verse number four, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. What in the world did the seven thunders say? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. John was about to write it down and a voice from heaven says, don't seal that up. Don't write it. Whatever they say, don't write down what they say. And the angel, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things therein that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time 
no longer. Hmm. Verse 7, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants and prophets. Here's a mystery. So not only does John not get to write down what the seven thunders say, but there seems to be no time any longer. Time is out. Fullness of something is happening. It's, it's, it's drawing to a time to, uh, as a close. There's no more time. What does all this mean? Not quite sure. It would be helpful if we knew what the seven thunders uttered. Maybe that would give us a clue. We don't know. But a mystery of God should be finished. There is a completion. Uh, the fullness of the Gentiles become in. There's going to be a time when God is going to rule and reign on this earth. And that's in the millennial reign. This 70th week of Daniel has to play out. You know, this prophecy will be completed. It's it's going to be, it's as good as done. God already gave it to Daniel to prophesy. It's, it's as good as done. So there's going to be seven weeks or, you know, the seven days in a week. It's going to be a seven-year period. How long that is? That's a seven-year on the Jewish calendar. That's 360 days and seven years. I don't know. The point is, is that uh, the days are shortened. We don't have any idea about a lot of that stuff. But we do know that the mystery of God should be finished, should be. And he, as he hath declared to his servants and prophets, this stuff is found in prophecy all the way through there. What you find fascinating is that you don't see the Apostle Paul, and this is something I want to get, you know, give you some reassurance on. You do not see the Apostle Paul giving to his letters to the churches, especially the Thessalonians that were kind of worried about this stuff, and the Corinthians to a certain expect, you know, because they were talking about the resurrection, especially in 1 Corinthians 15. But you see that Paul doesn't talk about stuff that prophecy did dealing with the nation of Israel. He says, church, look, th these things, you won't see these things come to pass. All the stuff that's been written down in prophecy, we're gone. We're out of here. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But all these things declared to servants, the prophets, see Ezekiel, see Daniel, see Isaiah, Jeremiah, like, all these different Old, Old Testament prophets, Joel, Amos, those things are going to be fulfilled during this time period. The time of Jacob's trouble, this, as the prophet Jeremiah wrote about, this 70th week of Daniel that the prophet Daniel wrote about is going to be finished. Verse number eight, and the voice which I heard from the heavens spake unto me again and said, go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. So he takes this little book, and I went unto the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. This message will be sweet. And I, I have a, I'm, let me read the rest of this, and I'll have a thought on this. And it says, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and sure enough, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Not done with you yet, John. You're, you're going to still do these things. You're going to prophesy. They, you're still going to go and give the message. So, John, you're not done yet. 
And I think the the message that John is receiving, again, as a believing Jew, as a disciple, one that will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years, uh, it, this is a very sweet message to the expect. Remember, he said, "Why did John was weeping?" Remember that that lesson we talked about a, a few weeks back. Why was John weeping? He was weeping because he thought that this book, this sealed book, wouldn't be opened. This this land grant, this this prophecy, this the stuff wouldn't happen. Nobody's going to open it, and then. God opens the book, right? The one that was sealed with the seven seals. Now, this little book, we don't know what's in it. We don't know the utterings that uh, the, the seven angels utter. We, we have no idea. It's sealed up. But something has to do with prophecy. He, but it's, it, And the, what I wa- want to give the point of is that John is eating this, and in his mouth, initially, it's very sweet because it's like, man, these things are going to come to pass. But then it's bitter to him. And I think what that means is that it, it's sweet because it's like, you ever heard the term bittersweet? This is where it has come from. In one sense, it, all these, hey, oh man, it's so assured. It's so sweet that the prophecies are going to be fulfilled, but oh man, the prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Th- these things are going to happen. Not all that say they're of Israel are believing Israel. It, his brethren in the flesh the the Israelites, the nation of Israel, a very few are going to be believing. Very few believe, retro, you know, aspect of it. You know, like there's a very few remnant believers that believe back in the first century, and in this time period, this dispensation of the of uh, this this wrath of God being placed and Israel coming back in, you know, and it says that all Israel will be saved in the book of Romans, but what does that mean? That means all believing, but it will be a very small remnant of believing Israel, one that makes it through. But uh, that's the bitter portion of this, I believe. Now, I mean, I, again, I, I could be wrong. It would be really great to know what the seven angels uttered. We just don't know. But it's a sweet message in that, God is true. He's these things are going to happen. These the the kingdom's coming. That's very sweet, but not all of his brethren are going to come in. They're not going to repent. Look at all these 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 signs and wonders that are coming about. Things that should make a, any sort of person that knows anything about the Bible go, "Oh, this is in the book of Revelation." Oh. But they still don't believe. Or they know what's happening, but they had unrepentant heart, hardened heart. Goodness. All right, let's finish up chapter 11 here and, and uh, get done with uh, the seven trumpets. Hope that makes sense. You know, the, the bittersweet kind of message that he has to eat. It's sweet at first, and then it gets really bitter as he digests it and understands the ramifications of it. Verse number one of chapter 11, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Okay, big measuring stick. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not. Okay, what court could this be? Well, I don't know, in the temple they had the court of the Gentiles, but I digress. For it is given unto the, oh, he gave it away. For it is given unto the Gentiles. <laughs> And the holy city shall they tread under 40 foot, 40 and two months. So that's three and a half years, I guess. 
roughly, right? Four years. Yeah, yeah, it's three and a half years. And I will give them, and I will give power unto my two witnesses. Now, here's these two witnesses. And again, when do they come on the scene? When do, when are they there? Is it when the seventh trumpet, or in between the sixth and seventh trumpet? Is it right in the middle of the of the the time period? Is it it is it at, you know when he breaks the the antichrist? Uh, you know the signs this uh whatever it is you know as it, it talks about in the book of daniel and then now these two witnesses come upon the scene that the abomination of desolation happens and here's these two witnesses who's the two witnesses it doesn't say specifically there's some ideas back and forth in a few ways but a few different names but here's these two witnesses power is given unto them verse three and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days closed in sackcloth so whenever they do this so let me check my math here, but I believe this is when it's the 1,200 and three-score days is on the Jewish calendar, I think it's three and a half years. I could be off. Again, check my math. But um, they're clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees. Now, here's some clues. This is why people speculate who these, uh, these two witnesses are. Two olive trees and two candlesticks standing before God of the earth. So they're, they're proclaiming the message. They, they're... The light of God, they're, they're doing this. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must be in this manner be killed. So, again, they can't be killed during this time period. No matter what people try to do, if they try it, they get killed themselves in the same like manner. There's fire that proceeds out of their mouth. I don't know. This sounds a lot like Elijah. You know, don't know. Maybe, you know, Elijah didn't die. You know, the chariot brought him up, you know, the chariot of fire brought him up into heaven. He was translated, so to speak, sort of like Enoch was. Is this Enoch? Could it be the Enoch and Elijah? Some say that. Some say it's Moses and Elijah. You know, Moses' body was fought over. Is, is, does Moses come back and finally get to be in the promised land? Don't know. There's some speculations. I tend to, like, not get dogmatic about who these two witnesses are. It doesn't matter. Um, it's a fun conversation to talk about. Could it be Elijah? Maybe it makes a lot of sense. Could it be Enoch? Maybe it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he never tasted death, so maybe this is, at the end of this period, they do both get killed, so I don't know. But let's look at it. This is some fascinating things. That's why I said it. I don't get dogmatic, but let's let's wrap this up. These, verse 6, have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. That sounds a lot like Elijah. And have power over waters to turn them to blood. Sounds like Moses. And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. That's good. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them. Sounds like Satan. Now indwelling, I guess, the Antichrist makes war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Wow, wait a minute. The good guys lose? These two witnesses do get killed. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Spiritually. So it's fallen Israel. So Jerusalem is not the holy city of God right now because it's obviously where also our Lord was crucified. So obviously he's speaking about Jerusalem here. And they of the people and kindreds of the tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half 
three days and a half, and shall not suffer their bo- dead bodies to be put in graves, and they that dwell upon the earth have a big party, shall rejoice over them and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Yeah, good, these, good riddance to these guys, right? And after three days and a half, the spirit of life, capital S, spirit of life from God, entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. Hmm. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. That's a resurrection right there. Seems like their bodies are resurrected completely, these two gentlemen. Now, at the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Moses and Elijah. So this is, again, some people get dogmatic. It's Moses and Elijah. Some good, it's some good, uh, I guess, testimony. It's some good, you know, uh, evidence that it is them. But the point is, is that they ascend into heaven in a bodily form. What does that mean? Well, it just it goes to show you that there's going to be some wild stuff happening here. But uh, they entered into heaven. The spirit of, of God enters back into these 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 bodies. Now, obviously, they're having to give some sort of glorified body to go to heaven or wherever they go. If the voice from heaven says, come up hither. Same thing, by the way, that talks about, you know, John, come up hither. And immediately, you know, we remember we talked about that. So I don't think this is talking about the rapture of the church, obviously. I just think that this is them being called back. It's a rapture of, and to some certain degree, but not the rapture of the church. They In the same hour, verse 13, <laughs> this is just amazing, was there a great earthquake, and a tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Starting to get it, aren't they? Remnant of who, though? Remnant Israel. And that's why you hear this term, remnant Israel, believing Israel, and don't get wrapped around that too much. But it's talking about the this small portion, this remnant. Give glory now to God of heaven. Verse 14, the second woe is passing. Behold, the third woe cometh quickly. What is this? And the seventh angel sounded. Here it is. And there was great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Interesting. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come in the time of the dead that they should be judged. And that thou shouldst give reward unto thy servant, the prophets. Sounds like a judgment of the sheep and the goats. See Matthew 25 for that. And to the saints and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there was lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Wow, what is this talking about here? Again, like I said, the book of Revelation is not chronological in time frame here. I think that this is really, 
if you look at somewhat of the time frame, kind of make yourself a little bit of a timeline, um, I think this is towards the end of the time of Jacob's trouble, towards the end of the seven-year period. I'm not sure exactly when these servants of God are killed, these two witnesses. Um, there's a lot of people that studied out quite a bit more than me that want to put timelines together, and that's fine. You can go find them. The point is, is that these seven trumpet judgments, as I've warned before, there is a judgment to come. As we've talked about before, we're not going to be here for this time period. But what should we be doing now? And what we should be doing now is warning men of the judgment that is to come. That is our responsibility, ambassadors, is to do that. Our, our responsibility is not to build a kingdom here and to try to build big temples and all these other kinds of things. Our job is to warn men of the judgment that is to come because it will. And all the things that we've been studying and looking through, these things are going to happen and it's going to be just unbelievable things that are happening on this earth. So go out. This is, again, a, to, to the unbelievers right now, we're, I'm warning you of the judgment to come. I'm telling you that you don't have to do, go through this period. The simplicity of the gospel is that the God came to this earth and died for all your sins. And put your faith in that. Believe that. Understand that you can't save yourself and that he did the work for you. He saved you if you believe in him who is he he's not some just man it's god god humbling himself in philippians 2 he took on a form of a servant and even the death of the cross came and died according to scriptures for the remission of sins he rose again on the third day according to scriptures and he has made a way of escape from this wrath that is to come And for those that do believe you are part of the body of Christ, what are you doing with that message now? Are you going out and giving that every chance that God gives you an opportunity? I hope that you are. Warn all men of the judgment that is to come. All right. All right. Let's go, let's go and look at uh, some comments. Not much on the Facebook side. That's okay. Brother Dave, <laughs> I'll answer that offline. Yeah, I didn't get any. Here's a good answer for you there, Brother Dave. All right, uh, Brother Ken. Oh, hey, Brother Jason joined us over there on YouTube. Good to see you, Brother Jason. Prophecy, uh, Brother Ken says, uh, prophecy will pick up after we are caught up. That's great. Yep, absolutely. And believing Israel will be saved. All of believing Israel. And Brother Ken just gave this uh, right comment here. The gospel is the power of God to those who believe. Romans 1, 16. Absolutely. Man, you do not want to go through this time period. Please warn all men of this judgment, this wrath that is to come. We talked about the seven trumpets judgments. There'll be vials and bowls, uh, or vials or bowls or whatever, uh, the seven of those that'll be... And then there's going to be some uh, review, I guess you would say, of things that are going on during this time period. Um, and we'll be seeing these, the seven 
last plagues in chapter 15, pouring out their vials of wrath, the bowls of wrath. And then it, it'll discuss, you know, you know, mystery Babylon, and it'll talk about this the, this great whore. Um, they'll talk about this this woman uh, that gives birth, and that the the beast rises up, and all these fantastic language that's going to be happening. We'll be talking about that a little bit more. And finishing up here, I don't know. I'd say in another month or so, Lord willing, we should be able to finish up the Book of Revelation. We shall see. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I mean, we're, we've been only gone for a week, but it did seem like a, a long time away. So I'm it's um, so thankful to be back um, here in the friendly confines of the Let This Mind Be In You studio slash RV. And um, it's good to be back with you next week. Uh, Lord willing, you'll see me again. We'll be picking up uh, the study of the book of Revelation in chapter 12. And uh, I won't have this beard, which is a pity. Anyways, love you in the Lord. God bless you. If that's all with the comments tonight, remember, share this, like this, uh, send out um, everybody, word of mouth, tell everybody you can about the channel, Let This Mind Be In You. That's the name on both Facebook and YouTube. Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. Is you put that in any kind of podcast search engine, and you should be able to find that channel anywhere you like to get your podcast. You can always reach out to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And with that, that's all for tonight. God bless you. Bye for now.